So hi, Brian. Hey, Mickey. Our audience won't know, but this is take two of the intro, where previously I made a comment on the fact that Brian's hair was really short and my hair was kind of long, but I've got it hidden by a bandana because otherwise it just kind of like looks like a big, you know, those clown hair things that, that people like the, the multicolored clown Ooh, hair. Oh, yeah. It, it, it puffs out like that. It's that bad. It's that bad. Well, and, and also, as we record this on a lovely June 23rd evening, um, the humidity in Mississippi is probably getting pretty good. It's It's been, yeah. So it's been raining the past day or two, so therefore it's really, really humid, and it's so not fun. So much so where I think yesterday when I took the dog out for a walk, I ended up having to come back in and take a shower because I got so drenched and sweaty from just walking outside for 15 minutes. And if you've never met Mickey in person, Mickey has very good adrenal glands. He can move the liquid through his body very well, so he he can sweat. I have a condition called hypohydrosis, which is a real condition where basically you just sweat a lot. And okay, wait a minute. I was, I was, I was making a joke, and now Mickey's pulling out. How long have we known each other now? Going on twenty years, right? We're getting. I mean, we're at least fifteen, right? We're at what? least fifteen. Fifteen. Well, let's call it fifteen. Fine. In fifteen years, listeners, Mickey has not decided to share this physical condition with him, and now he. I go to the point of making fun of him, uh, just being humorous, mind you. I love Mickey. And now he tells me I've got a medical condition. So now Brian feels really sad. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to feel bad because I make fun of myself about it. And honestly, family and everybody else does too. But it's it's literally a, I could be in a cool room. And you've seen me on stage, Brian. There's video of me on stage where you can see I'm wearing like a light blue shirt. And by the end of the presentation that Brian and I are giving together, my light blue shirt has become a dark blue shirt. And it's just, it's just Unfortunately, something that I have to live with and living in the South doesn't always help. I'm so sorry. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm laughing, dear listeners. So hi, everybody, and welcome to DevOps FM. This is show number 18. And today, as Brian said, it's actually tonight is June 23rd. We're recording this about 915 Central Time or 715 in lovely California, where I'm sure the weather is nicer than it is here. Well, it's a little warm, uh, about 83 degrees, and it's a little humid. When I check my porch, uh, it's down to only 44% now, so it's it's come down a bit. We had a nice, bright, sunny day. We've had some cool mornings caused by the onshore flow. Uh, you might refer to it as light fog or low clouds, but it's the marine layer that comes in from off the lovely Pacific Ocean. And uh, so we've had some nice mornings, but it's going to warm up a little bit. Expect, though, to have a nice holiday week next week as we kick into a new fiscal year for Microsoft. I, I tend to observe two wonderful new years, uh, the traditional calendar, January 1st, and then uh, July 1st, when Microsoft flips over to a new fiscal year. Um, as someone who spends a lot of time working with Microsoft, uh, I track that. So July 4th is going to be fun. You got anything planned? I know what I am. I'm staying home and hiding out. Well, actually, dear listeners, if Brian and I um, 
keep ourselves in gear and record next week, I'll have some news for our listeners about myself come next week. So we'll have to, if you want to know what that is, you'll just have to tune into the next podcast to find out. It's probably the worst kept secret ever, but I'll have some news that I can share with you. But as far as um, holiday-wise for next weekend, not too much, just kind of hanging out. I am very excited because Hamilton is going to debut on Disney Plus on June 3rd or July 3rd. So they recorded uh, Lin-Manuel doing uh, and the original cast of Hamilton on Broadway. And they were originally going to release it in movie theaters this fall. But Disney has decided to go ahead and release it on their streaming service on July 3rd. So I will be watching Hamilton on July 3rd. Well, that is interesting you to bring that up because pre-pandemic uh, and, you know, as everybody has, you know, the world and definitely this is a first world problem. But back before things got bad, I had bought tickets for the family to see Hamilton live here down in Los Angeles in July. So sadly, uh, they they actually just canceled it. So this summer we had a number of celebratory events we were going to do uh, with the family. You know, big vacation time for my children, my wife, etc. And July being a slow month, we had packed in. Like, I'll spare the other details right now, but uh, Hamilton was one of the things. And so it got first, you know, delayed and then just. Flat out canceled. So the only good thing about it is I got my money back. And since I do have a Disney Plus subscription, my wife has said, we're going to watch all that. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, Hamilton, I took my girls to see it last year. And it is by far one of the best musicals I have seen in my time of seeing musicals. I would probably put it in my top three. So it is definitely one that everyone needs to watch if they have not seen. I was going to say that is high praise coming from you because you are quite the thespian and uh, you, uh, I know when you've been in New York working, you tend to find your way down to Broadway to watch as many shows as you can. I do. I do. So Brian, what have you been up to? Tell me, tell me what's been going on. We haven't talked in a few weeks. Yeah. So been busy. Uh, I've been blessed to just have, you know, work enough to, to work sun up to sundown for the most part. A lot of it paid, thankfully. And then, of course, there's all the honeydew. Uh, I continue to work on the cleaning project. Uh, Mickey can see some of the progress I've made behind me. And at some point, we might even record some video. Oh, my Uh, God. I just noticed. There's there's a desk back there. and, And your bookshelf has an actual space on it. It actually, and you can see there's the books. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but wow, I still love the Boba Fett picture, though. Yeah, well, I've got Boba's going to be moving in. Of course, I have my Boba Fett statue that I'll be moving so that he's shows up in the, the camera appropriately. Um, but yeah, so I've been working on oh a lot of things, helping some customers, uh, writing lots of code. I've uh, been doing uh, some uh, building some demos for GitHub. That's been kind of fun. So those will show up at some point. Uh, lots of cleaning. I'm working on building a new PC. Uh, I've got a stack of hardware sitting on the the floor and in the dining room waiting to be assembled. And I thought I was going to get to it the last two weekends, but uh, needless to say, no. But 
this next week it will happen. And uh, so that'll be interesting. But at the same time, I'm trying something new. I am using my MacBook Pro as my main machine. So I've got it plugged into an external eGPU and it's driving my monitors. So I'm just, what you could probably summarize is Brian's been doing a lot of coding and just messing with a lot of hardware. Now, is this a new MacBook Pro or is this ones you've had? And why are you try- deciding to use it as your primary machine? If you don't mind That's me asking. A great, there's a great question. So number one is I was holding out. The last time I bought a new Mac at all was in 2015. And that was mostly my portable one. So I could do Mac OS related to things, etc. Before that, I had a festival year where I had bought a couple Mac minis and my MacBook Pro 15 inch. That was back in 2015. But due to Apple's horrible butterfly keyboard, I would not buy a new one. In addition, I wasn't going to buy a trash can Mac Pro because I did buy one and it didn't work for what I needed to do. So looping back around, we got into 2019. And while I significantly admire the new Mac Pro, um, pre-COVID, I travel a lot. So I really needed a new Mac Pro. And so when they released at the end of 2019, the 16-inch MacBook Pro, I looked at it, waited for the reviews. We got into the new calendar year. And right in February, towards the end of February, as we were wrapping up our travel endeavors in February, if you recall, um, I was able to get a new one, or say, I was able to get the newest model with all the stuff I wanted, but I got it off the Apple refurb store. I saved, dear listeners, about $1,000. Wow. Nice. Yes. So the problem is it's been here. And I, like I said, I've been using it for some things off and on. Some of my customers use Max a lot. So it's good to have that. Um, but what it came down to is my current PC wasn't cutting it for what I wanted to do. And so I thought, well, let's let's try embracing Mac OS again, just for fun. I don't know how long I'll do this for, but I thought it'd be fun. And with the way my hardware is, it was easy just to kind of plug it all in and give it a go. So that's what I'm doing. Rock on. You've got a lot going on. I'm not sure mine's going to be quite as interesting, but actually I think one of mine, based off of previous discussions that you and I have had over the past years, I think you'll actually be kind of, I don't, I don't want to say proud of me, but I think it will it will make you pleased. So first off, I got a dog, another dog. So I was taking some, I've been, I have been, um, you know, quarantining like everybody else, haven't really left the house, but I did take my mom some medicines that she needed. And to get to my mom's house, I have to drive down what's called the Natchez Trace. And as I was driving back from my mom's house, I saw a about an eight-week-old little puppy, a little fur ball, sitting on the side of the road, just muddy, starving. And even though I have four cats and two dogs, I decided I can't just leave him there. So I said, I'll pick him up and bring him home, see if I can clean him up, and then maybe I can either find him a home, or worst case, if I could stand it, take him to the pound. Well, it's four weeks later, and he is now, right now, up in my office, hopefully not chewing on too many toys. So his name is Oliver. He's gone through multiple names, but his name is Oliver or Ollie, and he is an all-black dog, and I think he's probably going to end up being uh, probably about 100 pounds by the time he's done. Right now, 
He is he has grown in the past four weeks from 10 pounds to 25 pounds and is bigger than my beagle. And of course, he is a puppy. So therefore, he's still getting up every three hours. And so that's completely thrown off the schedule. But he is a bundle of joy. And he is right now, it looks like he's probably found his forever home here. Well, that is really sweet. In fact, my wife wanted me to find out how the dog was doing and to get a status update. So you're going to have to send some pictures. Uh, Maybe we can even post one on our blog. All right. I I will do that. I will find you some pictures. Because even though I've bought him a bed and everything else, his favorite place to sleep right now is underneath my desk on his back with all of his feet straight up in the air. It's insane. But (laughs) Okay, that's funny. But what's really the the part where I was getting at where I thought you would be proud of me about this is I've been doing a lot of of reflection and doing meditation and doing different things just to try to become a better person. Well, one of the things that Microsoft did for us this year is said, take June 19th, Juneteenth, and use it to, you know, learn more about diversity diversity and inclusivity use it to learn more about you know whatever make you know expand your expand your horizons learn more about black lives matter learn more about all this stuff that's going on and and so i did that and i got some resources from some teammates and i have some videos that i watched i've got about five or six different videos that i watched that day and it was eye opening how much a, I had never really understood before now what June Juneteenth really meant and how important it was and, and, and what it actually celebrated. And but then some of the things I watched were just one of the like one of the videos I watched was and again, I'm not trying to turn this political or anything else. But one of the videos I watched was it was talking about how um, the way things are phrased or said can mean different things to different people and it can actually expose your your implicit or your your you know your your internal biases that you don't even realize are there. And so there was one of the examples and I can't remember the exact example, but it was written as like um a white man calls police on black woman for swimming in the pool. And but then when you reversed it and said black woman calls police on white man for swimming in the pool, based off the way he was doing the context, it came across in my mind completely different, which just instantly made me go, okay, I've got some internal bias stuff that I've got to deal with. So then that, this is where you'll really approve this, Brian, that led me down the road of diving into, um, in the South, there's a lot of reference to what's called the lost cause, which is going back to the whole Civil War and whether the Civil War is about slavery or about states' rights and all that. And I'm amazed at how brainwashed a lot of people in the South have been and how you can see over the past hundred years how think textbooks and other things were written to tell the story a certain way. Whereas if you look at the actual documentation around when the Civil War started, Mississippi flat, flat out said it's about slavery. So it's just, I guess I've had an eye-opening experience, and I'm glad I can share that with you. I'm glad I can share that with my listeners. I used to be very scared about talking about any of this stuff, but I'm on some some internal chat channels at work now where it's a very safe space where we can talk about things. And I'm not always going to say stuff right because, honestly, I'm a, I'm a white entitled guy. But hopefully, you know, I'm going to get better at it. 
So I wanted to share that with you and share that with anyone who wanted to listen, because I'm kind of proud of this next step I'm taking in my evolution. Deep wow, enough dude, for you? That's, that was deep. I did not. <laughs> that's not what I was seeing. We went from dog to to that. But no, obviously, the last you know few weeks are hard to ignore. Um, and you and I have had our conversations, and you know, I I can't fathom this as a political issue. This is a are you human issue. So yes, Black Lives Matter to me. Um, I think. I have a position of privilege. I'm lucky as a white male in this country, what I've been able to have implicitly given to me just by that. I don't think I've had everything given to me because I work hard, but I do recognize what's been going on. And as you, we've had discussions around the family that we need to, number one, understand and dig deeper into what we understand what's going on. And what's interesting is Juneteenth, I had heard about it, but it was something in the recesses of my memory. It wasn't a current thing. Whereas in talking with my family, different people had different knowledge of it and it prompted a lot of discussions. But yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer that we can do more. And so I think we have to continue to move forward in this space and get better and it's great to see, you know, as someone who works with Microsoft a lot, I'm not an employee like you, but it is great to see how the company is at the forefront. And that's the technology industry I want to work in. And when I see some of the pushback, and it's been interesting on Twitter in particular, and you know, I have to give praise to Scott Hanselman, you know, for years, he has made the point that if you follow him on Twitter, you're following the whole person, you know, because people would complain, you know, I don't want to hear about your politics. And I can understand that. I would, there's times when like you sometimes only have so much emotion to give, but this is, I don't see this as a political issue. I feel this as it's a human issue. And, you know, if you don't like me because I say black lives matter and everything else, well, I'm sorry for you. Um, and so, yeah, I, this isn't a political podcast. This is just a podcast with two guys talking about tech most of the times, but occasionally, we're going to talk about the reality of life. And to me, Black Lives Matter is a reality and that I want to change. I can't fathom and we have a good friend like Donovan Brown. I've had conversations with him about what it's like to be a black man in Houston and what he has gone through. And I, I can't fathom it. It just breaks my heart. So end of the day, we're going to focus on DevOps, but I love that. You know, you know, Mickey and I have had discussions. Me growing up in California is a little bit different than him growing up in Mississippi. Um, but we both have traveled a lot. We've seen, I think, the good and the bad and sometimes the ugly that's still out there. And I'm all for the good. So, anyway. Well said. Very well said. So, but I felt like we needed to address what's been going on for the past several weeks. And I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it. And I'm glad I had a chance to talk to you about it. And, and yes, I think we're on the the same page on a lot of things so with that let's talk about some tech well we've we've been off the off the road working and doing a bunch of stuff so a lot has happened in the last month i'll put a bunch of links in the show notes uh but in may we had github satellite bunch of announcements there uh like you know securing your code in your repositories uh code spaces uh, just lots of great stuff there um ooh. Ooh, ooh, I helped out with GitHub Satellite. I spent 12 hours moderating 
all of the um, all of the sessions. So one of the things we did at GitHub Satellite is they they debuted GitHub Discussions. To and we used that for people to ask questions and whatnot. And so I helped with moderating that. And we had one guy that came to every session and asked questions in every discussion. It was amazing. Wow, that's something. I didn't know you did that. See, this is the problem when we when we don't get to to talk. So we'll put links in the show notes for GitHub Satellite. Then there was Build. And uh, Microsoft did, thankfully, the Build 2020 Book of News, so you can get all the details there. Plus, I got a link to some highlights. Um, again, you know, a couple of things, you know, with the YAML pipelines uh, going GA, uh, the partnership with GitHub and Microsoft continues to flourish. There's lots of stuff there. We've had four updates to Azure DevOps. Uh, hey, well, give me a chance to comment before you just jump. No, to no, the I'll next come one. back to that. I'll come back to it in a second. I just wanted to do this, but the the bottom line is too much news for us to go through step by step. But I wanted to make you aware of those. I'm sorry. You want to say something about Build as no, well? I, I did. Did you do stuff at Build? <laughs> no, but I've actually watched, finally watched a couple of the videos. But no, you brought up the fact that um, YAML pipeline, the multi stage pipelines hit general availability, and so I was curious if you had had a chance to work with how they do like the approval manual approvals and stuff in in the multi-stage YAMLs versus how we do it in the classic Brian's looking at me like what are you you're saying words but they're not computing in my head so I've just started working with the multi-stage pipelines I actually did a workshop uh, for about four hours uh, for uh, the folks that do VS Live and I've been playing with them. Um, I actually stayed away from them until they went GA because they were missing lots of features. So I've done some work with it. The thing that drives me nuts is you screw up the spacing and then just crap don't work. So I'm still not sold on it. Um, they have benefits, but no, I don't, I have not done okay. it. Have you done it, Mickey? I've done it just a little bit. And I've had conversations with my teammate Tiago about it, where he's tried to explain to me that, that, that he likes it, but you have to make use of, oh, I can't see. Wow. And I'm the expert, right? But you have to make use of environments or, or stages or something. And that's where you put the approvals for, for multi-stage YAML ones versus in, um, in the classic, you know, you could put them at the, the beginning and the end of each thing so well yes dear listeners i hope that was technical enough for you i said thing um brian brian hates it when i just start rambling you should, I, we really should do a video podcast i, I don't, but, don't know but, why no, you, i was just curious you went if you, there you used of all it. places because that was something that that we've had a lot of internal discussions about on my team about what works and what doesn't work so i was curious if you'd used it at all but you haven't yet so you should check. I would love to get your opinion once you have a chance to actually use it on on what you think. So I, d I have played with it, and that's the problem is you have to use So like one of my pet peeves is that if you go use the environments feature, it only works for two types of things, deploying to VMs and Kubernetes, yet they try and convince you you need to set up an environment. It turns out you can use an environment even if you're deploying, say, to app service. Mm -hmm. But then it doesn't give you all the great integrations. So it's, it creates some frustration for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm mostly just pooping on it because I think it's not. <laughs> <laughs> not awesome. Um, so was there anything specifically out of Build or um, GitHub Satellite that, that you just really went, wow, I love that? One of the things I loved out of GitHub Satellite was code spaces. 
the ability to be able to say, hey, I'm in this repo, click this button, spins up a container with VS Code and everything I need to be able to just start working with the code in that repo. I think that's just awesome. Now, the whole code space, I really like where they've come with it. You know, I've used the Microsoft side of the Visual Studio code spaces. I'm on the pre-release now with the Visual Studio integration. And so having GitHub have it, it really is nice. I think it's really good uh, across the board. Oh, and one other thing, they talked about GitHub sponsors there. And, you, and you've heard of GitHub sponsors, right? Where, where people can sponsor um, open source maintainers and 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 you know, provide some money toward them to help them do what they do. Did you see the post today where somebody just mentioned how they've cracked $100,000 from their GitHub sponsors, so they've quit their day job, and now all they're doing is maintaining their open source software? That's fantastic. That's great to hear. That is just, that is amazing to see where our, our industry has gone. So now, I'd, do you know who this is? I don't know who this yes, is. Yes, I have to um, find the. I'd have to find the link. So, once you want you riff for a second, and I'll see if I can find the link. All right. Riff so away, anyway, riff away. now beyond that, so there's been a few updates to Azure DevOps uh, as they get kind of back in the groove. There's an update to the roadmap as well as the feature timeline. So I'll put the links in for that. So they got some good stuff coming. We'll talk about that more on another show. Uh, don't forget security. Uh, this last couple of weeks, I've been working with a customer doing a migration from on-prem or self-host to the cloud in Azure DevOps. And so that reminds me about keeping up to date. If you happen to self-host Azure DevOps or God forbid, you're still on an older version of TFS, which lots of people are on. And so uh, there are some June patches that cover both Azure DevOps Server and TFS. So you should make sure you stay up to date on those. And so those, that's kind of, I kind of make this distinction between, you know, what happened over the last month and then fast forward and a lot of good stuff came out in the last couple of days. So the first thing I want to talk about is GitHub has introduced the GitHub Super not just regular, but supersized linter. What's a linter, Have you Brian? seen that? So linters, um, you know, so what happens is you get to go out one night and you got on your nice fancy jacket and it's got all the little hairballs on it. And you take the roller. Isn't that what a linter is? That's what a linter is. Yeah, so that, that roller thing that, that, that I use to keep all my cat hair off of me so that you don't die when we're around each other. Yeah, which is something that really can can happen. Um, basically, a, a linter is to help you with requirements. So it helps look, um, it's kind of a code analysis feature. So the idea is that you can look for, like, apply style rules, for example. Okay. Um, it's basically a way to do validation on your code. And the in this case, they've created the Superlinter, which is a source code repository that's packaged as a Docker container. Um, and then you call it from GitHub Actions. And what this is basically going to do is help you with the quality of the items you commit or put into your repositories. Oh, that's badass. I like that. Yeah, some good stuff there. Sweet. So that came out. And then the other thing that came out was design updates to repositories of the GitHub UI. So they're just trying to make it 
have a more responsive layout, improved mobile web experience, give you more information on the repository sidebar, which you see hanging out on, on the right-hand side when you're looking at the repos in your web browser, and help you control what you want to see related to things like releases, packages, and environments on the sidebar. So you can turn things up depending upon what you're doing in that particular uh, repository. Now, have so, you experienced just this a couple yet? things. Have you experienced yes. the new UI yet? I don't think I have really, or if I have, I didn't really grasp that I was experiencing yet. So I guess I need to go check that out a little more. Yeah, because of some of the work I was doing, I, I got some feature flags turned on and I was able to say, ooh, purdy. 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 Actually, it's it's less about purdy as more about, uh, it's it definitely falls in the category of UX, right? User experience, more functional, give you a little more control, more refined. It's a refined experience. Like okay. a fine red wine. Yeah, you know me, though. I don't like red wine so much. I, I like my white wines or I like my sweet wines. I'm not so much of a red wine person. I go out to eat with Brian and Brian's like, we're going to get the red wine. And I'm just like, it's just so like evaporates in my mouth before I even get a chance to, to, to drink it. But I have been working on my bourbons, but that's for another. We'll talk about that on another podcast. Um, and then something interesting is GitHub announced their new program, which is arguably similar to what we have at Microsoft with the MVP program. They've announced the GitHub Stars program. And this is, I'm not clear on all the requirements yet, but the bottom line is it, I'll include a link. There are. Seven initial stars, John Skeet, Monica Powell, Av- Avilia, then Sheng, or Wen Chang. Uh, I apologize. Uh, I would love to learn how to say your name correctly, and I will. Uh, Chrissy LaMarie, Christian Freeman, Tom Kirkhoff, and Prosper Otimuayo. Oh, my God. I'm horrible. Um God, I wish I knew how to say that. Can you? I think you need to edit that whole section out. That was pretty horrible. No, it's okay. Um, um, so we'll start over. I can go by there. Let's look at their handles: Jay Skeet, Monica, Ovilia, Potato Quality, <laughs> Signal Nerve, Tom Kirkhoff, and Unicode Developer. Um, in either case, it's great to have them as um partners in the community. And what's interesting is I know that Tom is an MVP in uh, the Azure space and Chrissy is also an MVP. So uh, we're seeing some overlap there and maybe some of these Microsoft MVPs will start becoming GitHub MVPs uh, at some point. It could be. So so the GitHub Stars program is designed to thank GitHub's most influential developers and give them a platform to showcase their work, reach more people, and shape the future of GitHub. So it sounds like you're right. Very, it's very similar to the MVP program. So if you're somebody who is heavily a heavy user of GitHub, you're doing a lot on GitHub, you know, you might want to look into this program and, and see about, you know, nominating yourself or nominating someone that you know would be considered a GitHub influencer because this would be a good way to get them recognized for that and expand their reach. Yeah, and, and the key thing is I don't think it's it's not focused on do you have an open source project that's doing something. It's more around your overall experience and how you influence and work within the GitHub ecosystem is how I understand it. Um, but once again, I'm still getting up to speed on, on the nuances. 
interesting that there is a fact of frequently asked questions out there. So if this is something you think you're interested in, go check it out. So, and that kind of gave me a, it kicked me off into the next link, which is more about development. But one of the common problems you have in DevOps is managing secrets. And so one of the GitHub stars, uh, Tom Kirkhoff, has a blog post talking about introducing the secret store uh, for .NET Core and how that um, is, you can use that in your applications. So as someone who writes a lot of C Sharp and spends a lot of time using things like Azure Key Vault, um, this is really interesting to me. So definitely take a look at that. And then, so then, then I ended up with another, another but, link real quick. And then we'll come back because okay, I, okay, I got to okay, tie the two okay, together. Okay, okay, okay. So you start talking about secrets and DevOps, and then you start talking about Key Vault. Well, then I was having a discussion with some hubbers um, at GitHub and it was like, oh, well, what about uh, using products from HashiCorp? HashiCorp has a product called Vault, as well as they're known for a product called Terraform and, and Packer and Vagrant. They got quite a few cool things. But in either case, it gets into that whole thing. And, and I think that's a big thing we need to talk about on another show is managing secrets in your DevOps experience, right? From dev to ops and in between, managing them and keeping them secret. So uh, there's some good stuff there. So those kind of all go together there, those those two posts. Excellent. I have no idea what I was going to say. I'm sure it was going to be some kind of Mickey thinks he's funny making a comment about what we can't put our user IDs and passwords and connection strings just checked into our source code. But, you know. Well, yeah. Well, and, and we've talked about in one of our earlier shows about your original success story about managing your passwords. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for bringing that back up. Um, hey, you're, can, you're the I one can, who dedicated hours of discussion to it in our podcast. I can neither confirm nor deny whether I'm still finding new accounts, new websites every once in a while where apparently I've used that user ID and password and someone's gone in to try to reset it and I get an email saying, hey, someone is attempting to like just weird like sites where I may have bought something like a furniture store or something like that. And so I decided to create an account and it's never again. I now have no idea what any of my passwords are. And if I ever lose my master key to uh, LastPass, I am screwed. Oh, man, you make me laugh. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to share that's current is Microsoft.data.com. SQL client 2.0.0 is now available. So this has been a big thing Microsoft's been working on as they've been moving forward with .NET Core. And of course, we're going to have .NET 5.0 later this year is, you know, a rethinking of the core stack that they use on the client side to talk to SQL Server. So currently we have system.data.sql client and Microsoft data is what you should be using if you're starting from scratch. So little blog post about there. And that's relevant because I've been doing a lot of work with ASP.NET and SQL Server the last month. Man, I wish I was still a developer and understood a lot of what you just said. I'm so much more of a process and tools guy now. Oh, man, I I've been having a blast just writing code. Um, what about ADO.NET? Is that still there? Well, okay. If you're gonna go there, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover this because so first of all, Brian's gonna go off on a rant here. So this is the insert rant marker. So first of all, ADO stood for Active Data Objects, but the X was Science. So some people would say Active X Data Objects, but 
Microsoft had this fun thing for, because you couldn't trademark the word active, but you could trademark ActiveX, just like they did DirectX. So that's going back to the Wayback Machine kids. So we had ADO active data objects in the COM era. Then when we went to .NET, we had ADO.NET, and that was the data objects, which covers system.data.x, which is the core framework components for doing data access, primarily focused around relational databases, and then you had SQL Client, which was the primary library. They also had a library for talking to Jet. Now, as we move forward in this world, Microsoft decides to rename TFS and Visual Studio Team Services to Azure DevOps Services and Azure DevOps Server. And so people seem to get lazy and can't, you know, type the full thing. So people have been looking for abbreviations. And a lot of people like to call Azure DevOps ADO now. And that just sends Brian kind of loopy. Ooh, don't tell Martin Woodward. Because you're not supposed to call it ADO. You're not supposed to call it ASDO. You're supposed to call it Azure DevOps. And that's what I do. I'm with I'm with Martin Woodward. Martin Woodward and I are on the train. I am with him, fighting the good fight. I will actually. I will just. I stop correcting people. In that, I just when I speak, I will say Azure DevOps, and if necessary, Azure DevOps Services or Azure DevOps yep. Server when I'm making the distinction. But I will use Azure. I will not abbreviate it when I type. Now, if I do abbreviate it because I need some space on something of my own, particularly like a folder, I use ADS for Azure DevOps services. Now, just shut up. You're shaking your head. I said for my personal use in my private life, it's like I can wear pink underwear. That's my private life. Okay. I can do what I want there. Okay. Yes, you can. And I'm sure if I were to get on your hard drive, and which is now you're going to make me want to do this, you'd I find, would find Azure DevOps server. And actually, you'd find, um, well, let's look because I have a folder. <laughs> now, let's look. Let's just find out because I have a folder called repos. And in that repos folder, I then have a folder called, well, I, I have to eat my own crow because I got a folder called GitHub, which has all my GitHub repos. And then I have a folder actually called um, ADO for Azure DevOps. It has all my Azure DevOps repos in it. So I'm going to eat Oh, I can't believe crow. you used ADO. Oh my God. So I will, um, I've quick, I don't really use ADS too much in my root because what I do is I know the repos are up there. What I tend to go is I go with the name of the organization. So for example, MCW, MCW demo. And I know that they're in Azure DevOps. I don't need that to to tell me what's going on. So well, I go by that. As I've started doing more and more in both GitHub and and Azure DevOps, I, I actually now have a top-level folder that lets me know where they are, and then I have it by organization and stuff like that. So, okay. Yeah, we can we can do it. We should do a discussion on that on another show and talk about how you set up your workstation, that kind of stuff, especially as I get through this Mac and new Windows PC. One of the cool things about my new PC is that it's AMD-based, and I have a whole discussion on virtualization stuff that's come up there. Just I've got, I got, we got to get back on a schedule because I got lots to share. Okay. So, Mickey, what can't you let go of? Well, that's a really good question, and I would have to say, based off of today, what I can't let go of 
is this Humble Bundle that I just bought. So I don't know if you know what Humble Bundle is, but Humble Bundle is where, you know, they, they bundle together a lot of different games and a lot of different um, things for, uh, and usually like the, you get a lot of software and books and other things for, for a very good price. And the reason I bring this up is this is the very first Humble Bundle that I've ever contributed to, but it was the Humble Bundle Fight for Racial Justice. And so you ended up getting all these different games, a lot of which um, were games I've always wanted to play and never owned. Like, And some of them are older games like Bioshock. Some of them are, are brand new games like Baba Is You or Broken Age, which are games that have, have come out in the past year or so. But you could donate um, a minimum of $30 and you got all of these different games and you got to choose where your money went as far as to help fight for racial justice. So I, that was, I'm kind of excited to maybe find some time to dive into these games, which is what I would really like to do. But I'm also excited that at least in some small way, I'm getting to, to try to contribute back and, and, and try to help with what's going on right now. So that's kind of what I really can't let go of right now. That's really cool. Um, I have done a humble bumble at least once I've done, there's a couple of different services I've run into uh, to do this. And I did a, a humble bundle. God, it's hard humble, to say. Humble, humble, bun, bundle, bundle. Hun, uh, you see, humble this is, this is just going to torment me. Um, in the Mac world, there's something called Mac Heist as well as Stack Social, which I've taken advantage of as a way to get a. It tends to be smaller publishers and indies that you can get their software, um, and so that's really good. But yeah, if you, the Mickey will put a link to the show notes uh, for humble it's humblebundle.com, by the way. There, um, but yeah, those that's a good thing, and that is you. Boy, I tell you, you've just been. I'm really just loving oh, you right now. Oh, oh, can I tell you something else before you go? Before you go, so the other sure. thing that that um has made me kind of proud is my oldest daughter, who's 21. She participated in a couple of marches, and and then we've been actually having conversations. Me and Emma and Meg. Meg's my youngest at 16. Emma's my oldest at 21. Just discussing what's been going on in the world and and you know what we can do and just in general, this has really helped. It's, I'm kind of a proud papa to see my girls on their own trying to do things in their sphere of influence to try to make things better. That's good stuff. So what about you, Brian? What can you not let go of? Uh, well, family time. It's been really nice. We've been sticking to our Friday and Saturday night events. Friday night sometimes is just the missus and my mother-in-law and I watching a movie but last few weeks, we've been dragging the kids through some different movies, including the taking of Pelham. Was it one, two, three? One, two, it's three. Uh, the original with um, Walter Matthau. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then we did um, the week before last. So this last week we did Forrest Gump. And the fun thing about doing Forrest Gump was obviously you have the story, but we spent a lot of time the next day talking about significant items in the movie. So one of the things was the presidents, right? How we had the assassination of Kennedy, uh, the um, uh, Richard Nixon issues related to both the Vietnam War and Watergate. 
the attempted assassinations on President Ford, the uh, John uh, uh, Hinckley incident with President Reagan. So we talked about that, focusing first just on the presence. Then we focused on a lot of the social issues. Obviously, Black Lives Matter came up, right? Uh, we had the discussion both of they show the uh, uh, segregation, the Alabama um, governor, him getting shot, right? There's all these things. There's a lot crammed in that creative. I think the thing you should do when you watch a, a serious movie with your, your, your children is to use that parental opportunity. So we talked about that. And there's some, a lot of other issues, right? There's uh, the, the thing with Jenny and AIDS, uh, the child abuse thing. I mean, there's, there's some really deep moments in that movie as much as there are some, just some, you know, Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks, which is really amazing. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, we've uh, dug out the Just Dance again, by the way. Nicole's been using that as an exercise vehicle because when it's been too hot. So uh, she says you need to come back out here so she can whoop on you. Um, there is video out there, by the way, dear listeners, which if you bribe me enough, I can probably find, which is Brian and myself having a dance-off to just dance on the Xbox. Oh, you be very careful. You be very careful. You're lucky you're separated by a few states and miles of COVID. Um, okay, uh, we continue our Bond Marathon. This last Saturday, we did Octopussy. And uh, that, of course, was interesting. There were moments where it was like, Julianne and I and my wife, we both looked at each other like, I don't remember that part. Um, the, probably the best though, was the week before we got to watch uh free eyes only, which is definitely arguably my favorite one. It was the one I remember first seeing in the movie theater, uh, back when that came out in 1981. Um, so, but that's going good. So this week we have the last Roger Moore, uh, with a view to a kill. And, uh, the other thing is I've been getting back into actually listening to podcasts. So, the good news, dear listeners, I'm not doing podcasts. I wasn't even listening to any, but I finally got back. And one of the podcasts that got me started listening to podcasts at all is one called ATP.FM. And they were the inspiration for the name of this podcast, DevOps.FM. And this is the Accidental Tech Podcast. It's three geeks. Uh, they mostly talk about Mac-related stuff, but it got started as a podcast about uh, automobiles. So it's, it's fun. I like that. And they've had a lot to talk about because yesterday on the 22nd apple had their worldwide developer conference kickoff and so there's lots of stuff to talk about next week because that's going to change the way we do devops there when it comes to building apps so lots going on but definitely lots of family lots of james bond still got more movies to do and then uh definitely trying to catch up on podcasting both listening and recording sweet all right well let's wrap this sucker up because mickey's old and still has about an hour of work before he has to, gets to go to bed so brian because i know that everyone is just itching they are dying they cannot wait to get in touch with you what is the best way that they can get in touch with you at brian randall on twitter my blogs at blog.brianrandall.com or you can email me at brian r at mcwtech.com Awesome. And you can find me at mickeygousset.com where I have to go check and see who's written a, a blog post more recently, myself or Brian. I'm 
afraid it's probably Brian because it's been a while since I've written a blog post. But you can find me at MickeyGousset.com. You can find me on Twitter at at Mickey underscore Gousset. You will pry the underscore away from my name and my cold, dead hands. You can also find me at um, my email address at Mickey.Gousset at Microsoft.com for now. Or you can, you know, just check the show notes and have different ways to, 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 catch me because honestly check the show notes so that you'll at least not misspell my last name so where can people find out more about the show brian just open their web browser go to devops.fm find us on twitter at devops fm and you can email us the show at devops.fm as always thanks for listening be good humans bye everybody After party, after party is the favorite part of the podcast. The after party. Yeah. You know, we really need to get some bumper music because you singing, as much as I love you, doesn't do it. Now, that said, if we can do Mickey karaoke and get some good music behind you, I'm sure you could belt something out. I actually have Meg working on a a DevOps song for us. So um, that'll be awesome. Not necessarily about the podcast, but just about DevOps in general. She's got, I can't remember how the course goes, but she's already figured out the course and she's been teaching herself computer programming with code Academy. And she just was texting me a couple of nights ago, asking me what's the best way to write a commit message because she had gotten to a section on using Git. And that's fantastic. I was just like, I'm a proud, proud Papa. Now this is Meg, right? Yeah. This is my 16 year old. What about Emma? Well, Emma is is not as scientifically minded. She's majoring in speech pathology, so she mm. um she's she's not going to be my computer programmer, but she's going to be my my medical professional. No, well, you'll need that when you get and older, that, and I'll need that when I get older. And honestly, I went to uh, speech therapy when I was a kid, so I I appreciate and approve of her choice of career. That's awesome. I've been seeing, hey, you know, I'm friends with with your kids on Xbox because we're um, because of, you know, coming out to your house and playing Just Dance. Um, I've been been meaning to hop on because I keep seeing Brent's like going to do a little bit of streaming. He has been. I didn't realize. I mean, I had set him up and he just getting around to. So right now he has been live streaming him going nutso on Fortnite. And of course, he's he's in hog heaven right now because they introduced season two or is it yeah season two or whatever it is i don't know we got a new season i had to give him money for battle pass um so him and nicole are going to town they are going to whoop on me over the break so i'm taking off a few days starting july 1st and i'm not going anywhere but because we normally go to newport beach and and goof off but i just it's too risky. And so we are going to do stuff around the house. That includes movie marathons. I've got a couple movies for Brent and I. Nicole and I are going to probably do the Hobbit series. We're going to play cards. We're going to do Just Dance. Good Lord, help me. And uh, But I'm also going to do some Fortnite uh, with the kids and get out there and hopefully not get whooped on too bad. I might have to. I tell you what, I'll I'll update my Fortnite if if if, y- if y'all want to invite me along, I'll let you know. I'll be right there with you, uh, because if I remember correctly, we both tried to take on Brent at the same time, and I don't think we killed him once. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah. So we did that. It was it was the f- four on one. It was you, myself, 
Connor, my brother, my son's friend, and my daughter, the four of us, went after him, and we limited his the weapons he had, and he still whooped on us. He just whooped on. I mean, I don't know. It, it was bad. If they do, yeah, and if they do the um, what do you call it? Um, last year they had that big tournament because of the way things are going and we're going to be around, he might actually get to try and enter it. Um, we'll see. It's interesting listening to him talk about the system and, you know, he watches the YouTube streamers. You know, I look at, cause I got the ubiquity network set up the first of the year and just looking at, you know, what, what they use and then I can track their, what they use on their phones and the Xbox and stuff. But yeah, it's just, he just needs, so we need probably in this order. Let's see, power, internet, food, kind of, and then the you know, and, and the toilet. And Oxygen. That's about it. Well, yeah, that's a given. You know, I mean, he's just it's it's YouTube and Xbox. Um, he's he's thankfully taking so he my son plays water polo and he'll be a junior next year. Obviously with COVID, we don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, well, I say, obviously because of COVID, we don't know what's going on. So normally he would be doing practice every day for the next couple of weeks. Then they would go on a break and then they'd start up again. So right now he's going to have to do other stuff. So we're looking at even getting a bike and some other stuff in the house, but He's luckily, so he normally does summer school so he can have a lighter load during the school year because he does swimming and water polo. So he's doing his history class. So at least he spends the first part of the day learning. But I tell you, once he gets done with his second period, which he has, he's basically doing a year's worth of of history in in this one course. And so he gets done about 1145. And after that, man, all of a sudden I can feel the power of the house as he fires up and gets going on the Xbox and YouTube at once. And he'll be sitting there with his iPad watching YouTube videos and then going to town, jibber jabber. He does nonstop talking. Guess where he gets that from? Uh, I I can't. uh, Your wife. Ha ha. Very funny. Well, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast because that's that's. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. She does. She doesn't. But she does want pictures of the dog. Well, I will have to. I will text y'all some pictures of the dog. I got some some pictures and some video that I'll send you. Well, we did it. We got another one in the books. Of course, we still got to edit it and load it and figure out the show notes and all this stuff that you, dear listeners, have no idea goes into making this stuff happen. But don't worry, because we like you so much. We'll get it done, and then. Maybe we'll do another one in a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, we're going to do another Who one knows? next week. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not promising anything anymore. I'm not promising anything anymore either. But you know what? I've proven that I can stay up past 10 o'clock. So we'll see what happens. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>